Welcome to Episode 3 of the Smart Money Podcast, presented by GNF Financial Group, empowering your life beyond banking. I'm Lisa Chow, and we have Tyler McLean joining us today. Tyler is a financial planner with GNF's Wealth Management Team. Welcome, Tyler. Thanks, Lisa, for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about Registered Education Savings Plans, or RESPs. Saving for post-secondary education is a timely subject, as the cost of schooling has been steadily increasing over the last several years and doesn't show any signs of slowing down. As a parent myself of two boys, it's definitely on my mind. You know, you're absolutely right, Lisa. Education costs are a topic of discussion for many, and costs are rising. According to the government of Canada, in 2015, full-time students in Canada paid an average of $16,600 a year for post-secondary schooling, including tuition, textbooks, boarding, and other costs for student living. You know, that's really roughly $66,400 for a four-year program. So it's extremely important to start saving today and to help your child reach their future education goals. Wow, 16000 a year. Those numbers are a really important reality check. Can you give get into some details about what an RESP is and how it can help parents like me save for their child's education? Of course, an RESP is a special savings account registered with the government of Canada for parents and others who want to save for their child's education after high school. A child will be able to use this money for full or part-time studies at college, university, trade school, or apprenticeship programs. So can you explain some of the benefits of starting an RESP? Why would I use one of those over something like a traditional savings account? It's a great question. There are a number of advantages of an RESP over a traditional savings account. First of all, RESPs receive grant funding from the Government of Canada and the Government of BC. There are three grants that your child could qualify for in BC. The Canada Education Savings Grant, the Canada Learning Bond, and the BC Training and Education Savings Grant. These grants are definitely worth exploring because it means more money that your child can use for their education. Let's get into some of the specifics here. All RESP holders, regardless of income level, qualify for the Canada Education Savings Grant, or the CESG. The grant has two parts. The first part is the Basic Canada Education Savings Grant. This grant will give you 20% on every dollar on the first $2,500 you save in your child's RESP each year. That's really an extra $500 contributed into your account from the government every year. The second is the additional Canada Education Savings Grant. And depending on your family net income, you could receive an extra 10 or 20% on every dollar of the first $500 you save in your child's RESP each year. That sounds like a lot of free money. This is starting to sound better by the minute, Tyler. Yes, and you can actually earn up to $7,200 through the Canada Education Savings Grant. For each beneficiary. And if you receive the National Child Benefit Supplement, you can earn an additional $500 in the first year the RESP is open under the Canada Learning Bond. I've also heard of the BC Training Education Savings Grant, which came out in 2013. Can you tell me more about this one? Yeah, the BC Training and Education Savings Grant, shortened to the BC TESG, is an additional grant of $1,200 from the BC government. It's unique from the other grants in that you don't have to make a contribution uh, to receive the grant funds. All you have to do is open an RESP. There are some restrictions, mainly around the age of the child. The grant is open to children who were born in 2006 and later, are, along with their parents or guardians, are residents of BC, and finally, the child needs to be named as a beneficiary of a registered education savings plan 
In other words, you'll need to open an RESP before you apply for the grant. Children are eligible for the BCTESG on their 6th birthday up until the day before their ninth birthday. Since this is a relatively new program, there is an extension to allow for extra qualification time. That sounds amazing. There's definitely some great financial reasons to start an RESP. Are there any other advantages? Yes, unlike a regular savings account, RESPs are tax-deferred, which means that any contributions and grants that accumulate in the plan are protected from tax until they're eventually withdrawn. Because the RESP beneficiary, your child usually, will be a student when they withdraw the funds, they'll generally be in a lower tax bracket than you, the contributor, and will pay less, if any tax, than the contributor would have paid uh, at their tax rate. Okay, so you've convinced me. How can I set up an RESP and what are the rules around them? You and your child need to be residents of Canada with a social insurance number to open an RESP. I recommend opening the plan before the end of the year in which your child turns 15, as there's additional eligibility requirements for 16 and 17-year-olds. The sooner you can open the RESP for your child, the better. And once you decide on opening an RESP, you'll then want to decide on what plan is best for you, an individual, a family, or a group plan. Can you walk us through some of the differences between these plans? Of course I can, yes. Uh, So the individual plan is best for one-child families or for people that are starting an RESP plan for a beneficiary who may not be related to you. There are no age or relationship restrictions for this plan. The family plan works best for families with two or more children. You can list multiple beneficiaries under this plan and contributions must be tracked for each child named in the plan. Earnings can then be divided among children and the Canada Education Savings Grant money may be used by any beneficiary. You can make more than one contribution at a time and the amounts don't have to be the same for each child. Under a group plan, you are required to make contributions into the group RESP at a set time for the duration of the RESP contract. In this plan, your savings are combined with others and how much each child gets depends on how much money is in the group account and the number of students of the same age who are in school that year. The RESP provider will credit the money you put into the group RESP to an account in your name. So Lisa, as a parent of uh, two young boys, I would think that a family RESP would be the best fit for your specific circumstance. Thank you for clarifying the different plan types, Tyler. Is there anything else myself and our listeners need to know about how an RESP works? Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the contribution limits for RESPs. While there is no annual contribution limit, there is a lifetime limit of $50,000 to be aware of. If you contribute more than the $50,000, there might be tax implications and it could reduce the Canada Education Savings Grant lifetime limit as well as the RESP limit, even if you withdraw. So it's really uh, something to be careful about not to go over this amount. What if the parent or plan holder runs into financial difficulty along the way and would like to cash out the RESP? No, that's a great question, Lisa. And you know, these things do happen. At any time, you can get 100% of your contributions back. However, any grant money received from either the Canada Education Savings Grant or the Canada Learning Bond will be returned to the government. In addition, the interest earned on the personal savings as well as the government grants or bonds will be taxed at your regular income tax rate plus an additional 20% tax. This can actually be avoided if you or your spouse have room in your RSP to move that growth over tax-free. So what happens if, for example, my child chooses not to attend post-secondary schooling? What happens to the money then? Not to worry. Your initial contribution can be withdrawn with no tax consequences or penalties since it was made with your after-tax dollars. 
all grant funding from the government remaining in the plan must be repaid to a maximum equal to 20% of the withdrawal. If the child who is named the beneficiary of the RESP chooses not to pursue post-secondary education, you still have a few options. First, under the family plan, you can elect another beneficiary to receive the government grants up to that maximum $7,200 per beneficiary limit we spoke about, plus the earnings. Secondly, if you have an individual plan, you may be able to name an alternate beneficiary. And thirdly, if the beneficiary has reached 21 years of age and the plan is at least 10 years old, the earnings can be withdrawn by the subscriber subject to withholding tax and a 20% penalty tax unless transferred to an RSP. The amounts withdrawn will be considered taxable income. It sounds like investing money in an RESP is a pretty safe bet. You get additional grant funding, and if anything prevents your child from using the funds for education, your initial contribution is still guaranteed. I know that GNF is passionate about helping children reach their full potential. Is there anything specific that GNF does to help children pursue post-secondary education? Yeah, absolutely. GNF provides donations and in-kind support to many schools in our communities. But we also offer scholarships and bursaries to students in pursuit of post-secondary education. We encourage all students to check with their schools to see what types of education assistance is available to them. Because really, every little bit helps. Thank you so much, Tyler, for joining me today. You've given me and our listeners some excellent information on the benefits of RESPs and the importance of saving today for our children's future. Can you quickly recap for our listeners and give us a few key tips for starting an RESP? My pleasure, Lisa. I would say the three key takeaways on RESPs would be, number one, start early. The earlier you can start saving for your child's future education, the better. Number two, take advantage of free money. Talk to a financial planner about the different grants that are available to you and make sure you're getting everything you can. Number three, understand the differences between the different types of RESP plans and find out which is best for you and your family. Again, a financial planner can help you navigate these steps. And if you're interested in learning more about how GNF can help you get started with an RESP, please connect with myself or one of our other financial planners at 604-419-8888. We also have RESP information on our website at gffg.com forward slash RESP. Thank you again, Tyler, for this great discussion. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with our next Smart Money Podcast.